You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the business and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, we're going to talk to Dr. Cynthia McKenzie about veterinary license defense. I'm your host, Kim Brown, editor of Equimanagement. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you in 2023 by Care Credit. McKenzie, DVM, joined the AVMA trust staff in November of 2017. She represents the trust around the country and works with veterinarians and veterinary students to raise awareness of insurance offerings and risk management situations. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. McKenzie. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I know that that some people may think, well, you know, I'm not exactly sure what this is. So could you explain what is veterinary license defense? Yeah, veterinary license defense um, is an endorsement on your malpractice insurance policy. Um, so with the AVMA trust program, it is um, a separate policy that, um, like I said, is an endorsement. And what that does is when triggered, your veterinary license defense policy entitles the veterinarian to legal counsel and provides coverage for legal expenses up to the endorsement limits incurred in defending the veterinarian's license. Um, So such legal costs are, like I said, not covered under the professional liability policy. So this would be the separate endorsement. Um, So without veterinary license defense coverage, a veterinarian who receives a complaint from a licensing board is left up to finding their own attorney um, if they choose to have one and pay all their legal fees on their own. Oh, dear. Now, let's let's stop for just a second. What is professional liability policy? I mean, most veterinarians have that. So what that's the foundation of what all veterinarians should have. So what is that? The the simple answer to that is it's malpractice insurance. So um, what triggers your professional liability policy is an allegation of negligence or practice below the standard of care or a demand for some monetary compensation by a client. So that's what the malpractice policy is and no medical professional should be practicing without malpractice insurance. And then the way that the AVMA trust policy works is that we now offer the endorsement onto that policy for veterinary license defense. So you have to select that um, on top of the the malpractice policy, and you can select different limits of coverage. Okay. And what trends in the industry? Because when you and I were talking about uh, before we came on the air today, um, there are trends in the industry that are kind of pushing the need for veterinarians to have this veterinary license defense. So what what's going on in the industry? Well, we certainly have seen an increase in license defense claims, and we think there's a number of reasons why these are increasing. Um, one, the human-animal bond, um, as we've talked about before, is going places that we've never 
anticipated. Um, and so people are putting different expectations and higher values on their animals and um, looking at those relationships in a different way. Um, two, just from a pure logistics standpoint, many of these licensing boards have gone to an online form of submission. So the amount of time that it takes for an angry, upset client or pet owner to file a complaint against a veterinarian's license is literally minutes. And so many of these licensing boards are now very backlogged. And this can be um, this can be just a long process. And of course, for some of us, it, you know, it can really affect our psyche because you don't have any closure. These processes can take six months, a year, sometimes two years to really get through the, the board process and, and find, get some resolution to it. So you have this sort of hanging out there. But overall, I mean, the bottom line that we really want to make sure that um, veterinarians know is that you need to have this coverage more so than any other time in, in history. And we just want to get the word out there to make sure that you're comfortable with the limits of coverage that you have. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. I know that the AVMA PLIT just had a newsletter not long ago that discussed veterinary license defense, and you say there's going to be more information coming out shortly, and I highly recommend if you aren't signed up to get these newsletters from PLIT that, that you should as a veterinarian get them because they contain some really great tips, and they also have true-life case studies with, of course, nobody's names mentioned. But they talk about some of these uh, areas and what the veterinarian had to go through and what the process was and how much it would have cost. Uh, could you maybe go through one of those for us? Yeah, um, of course. Yes. Yeah. So all the claims that are used in our newsletters and presentations, they're actual claims that have now closed. And um, we do change up some of the specifics to protect privacy. But in this particular example, it was um, a 12-year-old warm blood mare that was presented for a four-limb lameness and um, was diagnosed with laminitis after radiographic imaging. The veterinarian um, prescribed treatment, which included butte and therapeutic shoes, diet change, stall rest, all those kinds of things. Pain management and, and therapeutic support were modified over the next few months, but the, the disease progressed, and the while the patient was receiving a hoof trim, a farrier found an abscess, which then resulted in the client questioning the veterinarian's diagnosis of laminitis. Um, and during the veterinarian's next exam, they also found signs of um, continuing 
of the laminitis with purulent discharge around the coronary band. Um, so the client was informed of these changes and then elected um, to pursue referral, but um, the horse was ultimately euthanized. So a malpractice claim was filed against um, the veterinarian, which was denied because um, the uh, treatment was deemed appropriate. But then the owner went ahead and filed a board complaint alleging that the veterinarian misdiagnosed the mare. Um, the veterinarian notified their insurance carrier and legal counsel was, was provided. Um, upon meeting with the board, the legal counsel argued that the patient's physical and diagnostic findings were consistent with the diagnosis of laminitis and that the abscess was a common sequela of laminitis. And so after review of all of this and really good counsel, the board agreed with the veterinarian and and the veter and the counsel and they dismissed the claim. So uh, that was certainly a good representation. But in these types of scenarios, what's really key, and we've talked to you and I have talked about this before, is really good record keeping. Um, so that's where your, your records are not only there to document um, the patient care, but in today's times, they're really there to defend your standard of care. Yeah, and again, it was one of those things where professional liability, they were cleared of any issue there, but then they went and made a board claim, which is different. And that's why we were talking about this vet, the veterinary yes. liability policies today, veterinary license, excuse me, veterinary license defense. Yes, yes. You know, because mo most people know they need that malpractice insurance, but um, you also need that veterinary license defense and um we commonly hear from veterinarians, this is the first time I've ever had a complaint against my license and I've been practicing for 20, 25 years. We routinely hear that. And it's because that is true. They practice for so long, um, but it used to be a lot harder for a client to file a complaint against a veterinarian's license. And they didn't know that they could do that. Yeah. Whereas now, they know that. And some licensing boards have actually, um, they've actually advertised on social media channels how you can turn your veterinarian. And sadly, oh that is gosh. what is happening out there. So, yeah. Well, I mean, again, this is one of the reasons we wanted to get on and talk about this today is because this is happening in all. When we, we could have given a dozen small animal uh, cases too, but I mean, we, this is happening in equine practice. Is there anything else that um, you can think of that, that we need to discuss when we're talking about either professional liability or the veterinary license defense? Really what it just comes down to is protecting your ability to practice and maintain your license with these really important coverages. Um, so if we're at renewal right now for the AVMA PLIT, AVMA Trust program. We're at renewal. So this is a good time at the end of the year before you renew that to make sure that you have these coverages in place. Look at the limits of coverage. If you're not happy with those, increase 
increase them. Risk is a very personal thing. Um, so every some people's risk tolerance is all over the board. Um, and so you just want to make sure that it is in alignment with how you feel comfortable um, with risk and what allows you to, like I say, lay your head on the pillow at night knowing that your assets are completely covered. So not only secure the coverage, but um, evaluate it annually. When it comes to record keeping, evaluate those. I gave a talk last year at AEP on medical record keeping. I'm doing a table topic again this year with um, Dr. Blea on medical record keeping because, again, this is your defense, whether it's for a malpractice claim or a licensed defense um, complaint. And then stay within the guidelines. Follow your State Practice Act and all of the statutes. And if you haven't looked at the Practice Act in a while, take a look at it. Stay in, plugged in with your state VMA so that you know if changes are coming down the pike. Um, but maintain those guardrails when it comes to um, the Practice Act because really that is the law under which you can practice veterinary medicine. And finally, if you do run into any situation, don't hesitate to call the trust. Um, that's what we're here for. I talk to veterinarians um, every day on top of um, what I do on reviewing malpractice claims, but we're always happy to, to talk to our insureds and, you know, um, may not be a claim right away, but we always like to know ahead of time. So don't hesitate to use us as a resource. And we will make sure uh, that we include a link to the podcast that we have with Dr. McKenzie on the record keeping. And I highly recommend that you, if you're going to be at AAP this year, take take time to go hear the table topic because she had some great information on that. Okay, well, thank you so much, Dr. McKenzie, for taking time to join us today. Thank you very much. It's always good to to be on with you. And we want to thank all of our listeners for joining us for the Business of Practice podcast. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Care Credit, who gives us the space to have these conversations. And we invite you to visit equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network to hear each episode of the Business of Practice. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter kbrown, at equinenetwork.com. 